Hello and welcome to the Zwift SBS podcast. Zwift is the app that connects you to cyclists all over the world and makes indoor training fun. There are structured workouts, training plans that are really easy to follow, online group rides, and why not try a few races? You can also organize a meetup with a bunch of friends. You might just have to make your own coffee at the end. With Zwift, you can even listen to this podcast while you ride around the Champs-Élysées. All you need is a bike, trainer, and the Zwift app. Get a free seven-day trial, no strings attached, at Zwift.com. Ride on. Buongiorno, welcome to the Zwift SBS Cycling Podcast. And before we start, let me remind you that you can uh, download, stream or subscribe to this podcast uh, from our website, sbs.com.au slash sport or log a ride with our friends at Zwift. Joining me, all in black, the man in black is Dave McKenzie. How are you, Dave? I'm stealth mode because we are three days <laughs> from the end. and so, so three days, three seconds, one second a day, no problem. Oh, it's edge of the seat. <laughs> it's edge. I'm, 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 it's just that anticipation. Getting pumped. Getting pumped. Yeah. Can Jai Hindley do this, it? This could be the one of the best moments in cycling, Australian cycling, happening over this weekend. So stay tuned. And yeah. it's all right to be excited. Yeah. Let's get excited. Let's, Why not? I am. I'm just nervous. <laughs> I'm anxious. Just, it's it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. <laughs> Don't worry. And we've got Gracie with us. So, yeah. you no, know, it's going to be okay. Hi, Gracie. How are you? Ciao, guys. Yes, I'm excited too. I, I can't believe that we're nearly at the end of the first Grand Tour of the year and we're on the edge of our seats. This is a really exciting final three. Yeah, it's uh, it's just incredible. And if we would have been told at the beginning of this Grand Tour that it would be 2020 again with Jai Hindley uh, that close from uh, from doing it, uh, we would have signed that straight away. You know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it's cool. It's... um. Yeah, let's let's get into it. Let's get into it and uh, let's go back to the stage that was yesterday with Mark Renshaw. Welcome to the finale. I'm Mark Renshaw and today we're reviewing stage 18 of the Giro d'Italia and what a stage we had. It was slated to be a sprint, but it was these four riders, Eduardo Alfini, David Gaburo, Magnus Court and Dries de Bon, who wanted to cause a major upset. And they certainly did indeed. The sprinters teams, they ran out of gas in the final. They didn't manage to catch them. Let's skip down to the final of the stage. Let's see how these four riders held off a charging peloton. And it was at this point here that the peloton lost control of this race. On the final category four climb of the day, they needed to re-accelerate. They needed to close down that gap a lot faster than what they did. And they should have done it over the top of this climb. Two minutes 25, they knew it was all false flat downhill all the way to the finishing circuit today. They needed to step on the gas close down that break and get it back within one minute. And this, this was another defining moment in the final today. Trek Segafredo in the white jersey of Lopez, caught behind in a split in the peloton. This cost the peloton a lot of firepower as they entered the final circuit and ultimately not enough guys to close down the gap. And with just 16 kilometers to go in today's final, it became a three-way team's time trial. We saw Trek Segafredo chasing to get Lopez back on the peloton running out of lieutenants in the front of the bunch to close down the breakaway to the four riders and in front the four riders committing to one objective winning today's stage as they went under the 10 kilometer to go banner this is the moment that we saw the breakaway down to one minute 
Normally that would be possible in the old money, but in this day and age, with so much aerodynamics and these riders riding so smart in today's final, there was no chance for the peloton to close this gap. We can see just one minute in 10 kilometers used to be possible, but in this day and age, it just wasn't enough. And because this peloton, they just didn't have enough firepower left. Inside the final 400 meters, and these four riders now understood they were sprinting for the stage victory, and it was Magnus Court. He got stuck on the front. Edwino Affini sitting in second, and the strongest rider of the day, Debont in third. They opened up the sprint quite early. Magnus Court, first to jump was Alfini. And here it was, Debont knew he had to get in the wheel of Alfini if he was a chance to win. He sprinted, he was the strongest on the line. Alfini putting up a good fight, and, but there it was. Top four riders going all the way to the finish line after a huge day in the breakaway. The sprinters, they mopped up the minor places. They'll be extremely disappointed to miss this stage. It was the last opportunity in this year's Giro d'Italia. And what a stage we saw. So often we think it's going to be a sprint, but the breakaway continue to hold off them. That was uh, Mark Rainshaw, of course. Uh, what a stage. And we, we can argue we were wrong. But everybody was wrong because oh. we were, okay, 100% is going to be a sprinter stage. I even made a joke that it's all downhill. Uh, it sort of was, but, but yeah. what happened? What and happened? Yeah, it's interesting because, look, at the start of the stage, obviously I was on the comms with, with Kino and Mark. And, um, you know, for you, the viewers at home, you'll appreciate this. You don't always want to give it away yeah. 100%. However, we understand you're all pretty smart these days with, with cycling and how it works. So I think we said at the start... It's a day for the sprinters. I said it in the neutral zone. Yeah. So we all called it, Gracie, for 100 kilometres. But you'll appreciate this. With about 30, 20 kilometres to go, a couple of times I'm looking across at Mark Renshaw and he was getting edgy as if he was in the race <laughs> still, <laughs> as, as, you know, as he was a lead-out man um, back in his day. It was one of those stages. And he summed it up really well. He sort of said it on mic, but off-air as well. He said... They messed up. They had to keep resetting. And uh -huh. he said, back in the bunch, it's like you do these resets, you know, to control that break. They waited too long for the, to do the reset to let them go back out and then chase. And he said it was too late. By the time they got organised, it was too late. And Gracie, in the end, that's what happened. And I'm sure you've, you've seen this in your racing days as well. For sure. It happens a bit more in women's cycling because we don't race typically as much like that in the past. It actually is getting a little bit more like that where a break will go earlier and the bunch feels more comfortable in controlling it. That script is getting rewritten now in men's cycling and I like it. I think it's really cool that that 10 second rule, you know, is kind of gone the, you know, 10 kilometer rule, whatever it is, you know, like the way mm -hmm. that they've calculated how the break, the Peloton brings back the break, it's kind of gone, gone through, gotten thrown out the window now because Mark Renshaw kind of put his finger on it in that little clip there in this day and age. And that means there's been a lot of changes. There's like equipment changes, uh, team changes, you know, they're one rider less than in the past. So that makes a huge difference to the chase as well. And uh, riders are getting smarter. They're riding breakaways differently. They don't want to just be on TV for the sake of it anymore. They want to outsmart the peloton and they're, they're getting better at it and, we're seeing this more and more. So this was not a one-off day. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, there's a comment here from a steward that says uh, he loves a great breakaway, the tension, the excitement. This is it. Like when a breakaway wins, 
yeah. is something a little bit special in cycling, always special. And, and you know, what's the beauty of it, and I think we said it as well in the commentary last night, is, you know, we've got an expert in Mark Renshaw. Obviously, I'm a, I'm a former, but a long time ago. <laughs> Matty Keenan, who does his homework. Gracie, yourself, Christoph. We all would have called it Sprinter's Day, but in cycling... Oh, we all did. We all did. <laughs> but in cycling... Sometimes, yeah. Every even the absolute experts get it wrong, yeah. and that's what we actually love about it—that we get it wrong, and, and you see this upset. And to be fair, and to you know, credit to those four. And when you've got Magnus Court, a guy who's won six, seven Grand Tour uh -huh. stages, Dries de Bont, who is obviously in pretty good form, yeah. Affini, who is a brilliant time trialist, and then um, the young Italian who. Credit to him, he did not miss a beat. But did 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 the peloton made a mistake at or underrated who actually was on that breakaway? Well, you know that you know the thing what happened, Gracie. Uh, Rui Costa at one point, sort of mid stage, he got on the front for UAE for for Gavidia, yeah. uh, mm -hmm. the sprinter of that team, and Rui pulled a big turn. And I made a comment and said, "What's he doing?" Like he he actually split the bunch a little bit, and then a couple of the other teams who are more experienced at doing that chase, they actually got up him. Yeah. And this is the former world champ, they Rui Costa, <laughs> who is star class. And Mark Renshaw said later, Gracie, Rui Costa blew it then potentially for them because they did the reset. They got too close to the four leaders. Uh -huh. So then they went, hang on, we're too close. We've got to sit up. And that was it. They let them go too far and then they never caught them. And it's those small little intricacies, isn't it, Gracie, that – you know, at the end of the day, they, they should have just brought them back earlier. I know that. But it's those little elements where it can cost you the I difference do. between winning win. and losing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think that he's not solely responsible for the outcome of the day, but it is a factor. There's a lot of things, as you said, they kind of had to keep resetting. And even that climb, I think Mark Renshaw mentioned, you know, they should have pulled back more time on the climb. But we're seeing some of the climbs later in the stages where the breakaway has been established from a climb earlier. And they're using that to their advantage because they know that the sprint teams can only climb as fast as their sprinter. They cannot drop the sprinter. Otherwise, there's no point pulling back the break. So there's so much uh, very variables happening in the race. And the breakaway knows how the peloton is having to ride. That they, they wouldn't be aware of what Rui Costa did. I think that was a big mistake. And it does require that smooth, controlled effort. And if someone's pulling hard, we've seen in some of the stages previously, the bunch is getting, um, you know, split into pieces on the flats, not on the climbs. It's those, you know, high cadence, high torque efforts that are really uncomfortable if you're in the bunch and having a bad day. And that's where those splits yeah. are happening. Yeah. So a question for you both, actually, I'll start with Gracie. Who's the most annoyed? Who was the most annoyed yesterday, Demar or Cavendish? Gracie, who do you think was the most annoyed? I would say Cavendish because he probably is more hungry for results. I think Demar is quite happy. He wanted to get another stage win. He's very comfortable in the jersey. He's going to take that home at the end of the tour if he gets through these last few days. Cav, you know, he's he's still fighting. He's fighting for that tour position as well. So yeah. I think he was probably the biggest loser of the day. And Danese as well would have been really frustrated. You know, he still pipped Demar on the line, but he's had a stage win. He probably wanted another one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally 
abs- every, every word of what Gracie <laughs> just said. And because Danese is actually from that area, yeah. So he had, he had said he'd waited this long. He got his stage win. So he actually pinpointed when uh, when he won his stage. Uh, Jean-François said, oh, this is your home. Because he this was is born your home in that stage. area. Yeah. He's like, oh, not really. Stage yeah. 18 is my, uh, is yeah, my stage. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. and Definitely then, Kev. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I would say Gavrila was probably not happy as well. Well, yeah. And I mean, uh, at the end me? of the day, they all blew it. But you know what? Let's just pin it on Rui. Yeah, really, okay. Costa. Come on, come on. <laughs> Giro organisers are going to take him out of the race. Even yeah, though, even they're annoyed. <laughs> uh, let's listen from the winner yesterday, because there was a winner, and then what a winner it was, Dries de Bont. Dries, first of all, how did you manage to uh, held off the peloton? I, I think it's a weak question and not an eye question. Uh, I think uh, it was a collaboration till the last K and we bought some time to speculate maybe, but we actually we didn't speculate and uh, I knew Afini was going to go from far uh, in the sprint, so I had to be in his wheel and the pressure was going to be on Magnus because he uh, is actually the fastest. He was the biggest palmares to win Grand Tour stages also. So it was yeah, logical that he was the first one to go in the final K. Uh, but I say like the collaboration between the four of us, magnificent. There was no moment of doubt. Nobody skipped one turn. Everybody did full, 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 full till the line. I was the only one to, to pull off the break because actually they predicted this was going to be a sprint stage. And for sure, Demar or Cavendish or uh, Bauhaus or Dainese was going to win. was written in the stars. But uh, we made a plan during the race with the four of us. And uh, we sticked all to the plan and uh, we pulled it off. You are 30 years old. This is your first Grand Tour victory today. What does it mean for you? As, yeah, I can't believe it. Uh, it's my first, uh, yeah, it was actually just a dream. Uh, and then, uh, but I always say, uh, since I started cycling, I had dreams. Those dreams, they became goals. The goals, they were the goals that I achieved. I had bigger dreams, made goals out of my dreams, achieved another goal. Became Melbourne champion, wanted to do a Grand Tour, did a Grand Tour in the national jersey. My last year, uh, my first Giro. And then I started dreaming of winning a stage here and made a goal out of it for this year. And now I pulled it off. It's amazing. Official. Thanks. It is amazing. Uh, give me a bit, a bit of work on that video. to, uh, to Yeah, there's a, there's a couple of beeps. Yeah, a couple of beeps what, in there. I'm not too sure. But, uh, but don't I, you I love how the Euros <laughs> just <laughs> let it all out. <laughs> Especially, I mean, obviously that's his second language. But yeah, um, yeah no holding uh, back there. Let's, let's remove... Those beeping, no, no, let's not. But from our mind, uh, but let, let's Gracie debate on what he said. A goal became a dream, and a dream became a goal, and so on. Uh, this is how you progress, and this is probably how you go in life. Your dreams become goals, and so on. This is how you, but as a cyclist, even more. For sure, it's it's such a huge part of cycling is the self belief. But Maka, I know that you've you know been through many years of ups and downs. As of I, it's not just about self belief. You need a lot of good people around you as well. So I'm sure that you know in other interviews that he's going to be giving, he's going to be thanking a lot of people because you just can't do it alone. It's such a difficult sport to train for and to compete in. 
I think that he would have worked very hard himself, but he would have had a lot of people helping him. But it's super cool to see him getting a Grand Tour stage win. He's more of a classics or a semi-classics rider. He's gotten really good results in Belgium and in Holland. So this is something completely different, really, and it's near the end of a Grand Tour. So to pull off a result like that when everyone's heavy with fatigue, it's uh, pretty impressive. It's just really nice to see the joy. Yeah, yeah, I would um, agree. That. Yeah, and the inter- I love the interview too. And that, that first bit where Jeff Kinney says, how did you stay away? And he said, well, I don't think it's a question of I, it's, it's a question we. of we. Mm-hmm. So immediately, Gracie, he thanked his breakaway companions. And that was, you know, we all know it. You've got to collaborate, don't you, in that situation. And you've got to collaborate until a kilometre to go well, on, when on, it was that time. Until tight. you bip. And you go, beep the collaboration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was... Um, no, I really loved but this interview. A very good point here from Matthew, and I know we've debated it several times here, but can we highlight how genuine that generation is? There's, doesn't That new generation, those newcomers, there doesn't seem to be anyone that is like, big-headed. or they, they Pretty much all are level-headed. This interview is fantastic. It could be from a very mature rider. Yeah. He's, he's not. He's young. Well, he's 30. Okay. He's 30. He's, I mean, that's he's still, young. It's still young in our books. It's young in yours I, and my I actually, books. I actually thought he was younger. Sorry yeah. about no, this. No, no, he's a, well, he's a late bloomer in the pro ranks. But, Gracie, I think we've talked about this um, potentially the last time you were on, and I might have asked this to you as well. I feel like this generation is exactly what Christoph just said. They're just a, a pretty genuine, pretty um, respectful of their rivals, respectful of the media and I think it's the same in the men and the women. And I just think we've got such a great group of athletes coming through and it's such a joy to watch. For sure. I think it's just really humbling to have to understand the work you have to put in nowadays. You can't get away with going out and drinking every night and still winning races. That's, you know, that's way in the past. Now you have to be on top of everything. You have to be super professional you have to put in so much work and you have to have a good team around you. And they do get a lot of media training as well nowadays because it's such a huge part of the job. So overall, there's been a lot of changes, but it is nice to see it like that feel of that genuine, you know, respect and humility coming across in these mm. interviews. Yeah. And, and, you know, because Gracie and I, we got away with going out and drinking <laughs> yeah. and doing all that sort of stuff, didn't you, we, Gracie? You still do. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. <shh. laughs> oh, yeah, what goes on tour stays on tour. Exactly. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, shush. Uh, okay, it's now 18 minutes and we have hardly spoken about Jay. But yesterday, we, Let's had, go a, there. Uh, we had a bit of a, you know, a worrying time. A couple of... Yeah, a couple, couple of extra bits. A couple of heartbeat misses. Take us through what happened there. Well, this was interesting. This section right now, we, this was not on the live coverage. It was moments after, and I can tell you, it was probably about right here was when the camera picked it up. It didn't pick it up immediately. Mm-hmm. And I'd, I'd noticed that Jai was not in the group. I thought there was something wrong. The shot prior to that was on the, was on the peloton. Yeah. And I thought, I can't see him. Because Where I was panicking. Yeah. yeah. And and then when the shot picked him up, the first thing I noticed, Gracie, was that he didn't look like he was he was panicking. And I thought, thank God. I thought hopefully he's had the mechanical inside the three kilometers to go. But mm-hmm. Jeepers, it was a bit of a um a flutter. Yeah. I think so many of us Australians had their hearts in their mouth going, Oh no, is this it? What a terrible way to lose 
it's not what you want to see. You want to see them, you know, battling it out on the climbs and in the time trial at the end. So, you know, he did look really calm and it was pretty obvious that he knew that he would be fine. So I think even though when you know the rules, though, you still panic because you're like, what if the officials don't give me that same time? There's always going to be a bit of stress there. So I think he handled it really well and possibly he would have had that in the radio straight away. I'm sure his team would have told him to stay calm. They would have, you know, just made sure that he knew that it was all fine. And I saw later as that they were coming closer to the line, he had a teammate with him as well. So they, they had people around him. It wasn't a big deal. But I know if it was me, I would have been freaking out a little bit. <laughs> well, that's what Mark Renshaw said in the comms. He said, I would have gone full gas to the line, no, yeah. regardless of what. And I said, well, that just shows the... And we've talked about Jai's character, how laid back he is, Gracie. Like, he's just so I, I was going to say, you guys say, you know, the radio was like, hey, come on, stay calm. He was going, yeah, right. Okay. I'm calm. I'm <laughs> calm. What are, you, what are you on about, guys? You know? <laughs> they, were, they, were probably, they were probably panicking, going, yeah. ride harder. And he's like, it's cool. I'm it's inside cool. the three to go. Don't worry about it. Sure. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it's, it's actually also a warning sign, you know, Basically, he knows anything can happen. And you, you got this on the back of your mind, but when it actually happens to you yeah. and you get away with it, it's it's a close call. So maybe just you become a bit more alert, are you? Are you becoming uh, a bit more alert of it? Yeah, mate. I've been, I'll throw that to Gracie because it's too long for me out of the peloton. <laughs> but it's true that, isn't it, though? It's anything can unfold outside of the physical aspect of the race in the next three days. For sure. I think it would be a reminder to him that anything can happen, but that was out of his control. So it's not like he's going to change anything that he's currently doing. I think he's been doing a good mm. job in, it, in the things that he can control. But, you know, I have actually hung out with him a few times and he is a very calm guy. So I think he's, <laughs> you know, that's that's uh, pretty normal, that reaction that we saw from him last night. <laughs> but you know what? Let's listen to him because our work experience guys went down the tracks and had a look for Jai. Let's listen to him. Yeah, happy with the current situation, you know, to, to be in second and three seconds behind the race lead. It's, uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. And uh, yeah, we'll see what, see what the uh, next few stages has in, uh, has in store. Well, you definitely haven't been putting any socks on centipedes, which is great. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, yeah, like I said, not here to play around. And, uh, you know, I think the whole team has shown that, you know, like the guys have been riding really well and, yeah, really looking after me uh, phenomenally every day, you know. So, um, yeah, can't thank the team enough for what they've done so far. And, uh, yeah, still some hard days to come and uh, we'll take our opportunities when we can get them, I think. So uh, we can't take anything for granted. Uh, we see this morning that uh, Almeida is out with a co uh, positive to COVID. So anything can happen, eh? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's uh, actually a real shame for the race, I think, to to lose Almeida. You know, he's a pretty fierce competitor. Like, he, uh, yeah, the guy just, like, doesn't throw in the towel, you know. So, uh, actually, really feeling for him to have to pull out. You know, it's, you don't want to see that. And, yeah, hope he's doing okay. Friday and Saturday uh, are shaping up to be two monster days with both hilltop finishes. So it will really mean more of a showdown between uh, you and Carapaz, as in you know, no easy couple of K into the finish. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like you say, the the uh, third last and second last stages, I think, will be the the big days to really you know try get some time. Well, for me anyway, I really want to try get some time back, or you know. Go for a stage win or whatever. Just 
have a good crack, so we'll, uh, we'll definitely try to do that. Right, thanks heaps and uh, good luck today, pal. Yeah, thanks very much, guys. Cheers. Yeah, whatever. We no. talk. We 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 say he's chilled. <laughs> I mean, but, I know we keep talking about it, but I, I love his I love his character, uh, Gracie's demeanor and everything. But let's put something into context. And Kino flagged this for us. Uh, if you look back at the whole of the history of Australian cycling, let's go back to the very beginning, the Mockridge, the Opperman. You know, let's go back to there, and then this potentially is the second biggest result ever if he wins it. If he wins it. Second best result. So ever. behind Cadell Evans winning the Tour de France. Um, yeah. And and but even you if know, you... there's been some big moments. Kathy Watt winning winning the the gold medal in the Olympic road race. Barcelona. Gracie. Yeah, I'd say, I'd say is this um, is the second biggest. Yeah. Would you agree, Gracie? I would. It's huge. I I really hope that he can get up there. He's got some big battles ahead of him, but I agree. It'd be one of Australia's biggest results and I think something that we can all be super proud of for, to, to be fans just to watch him do it. Yeah, I, would agree. I, I, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but I'm no. already thinking ticker tape parade down the main street of Perth. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Let's quick, just, quick message to our get executive it. producer. We're going there. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. We're there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, let's have a look at the rankings cool. because this is what three seconds look like. This is what the top 10 of the Grand Tour looks like. Look at this top five, first of all. Yes. Carapaz, of course, Inley, Landa, Nibali, Bilbao. That's the top five. And your top six as well. You got Hurt, Buchanan, uh, Buchman. How, Gracie, quick question for you here. Having Buchman as a, as a teammate in that top 10, how is it going to help Jai Hinley? In terms of results, it's probably not as relevant, but just the fact that he's been able to, you know, maintain that those gaps to stay within the top 10 shows us that he's a very strong rider in, in the climbs and that he's going to be as helpful as possible to Jai to, you know, protect him from being too isolated too early. I can't see any chinks in the armour of Carapaz, unfortunately, so I think this is going to be a really tough battle to get any seconds. I think Jai's biggest asset is to get time in the time bonuses at the stage finishes. I don't think he'll be able to get time to, from dropping Carapaz or in the time trial. I think that's also going to be a really tough one to gain or lose time on. So I think Jai would be quite nervous about the time trial, but he certainly is very capable of getting another stage win or two. Yep. Oh dear! And there's a comment that. here from uh, Sharon that says uh, <laughs> the next couple of stages are going to be gripping. Of course, uh, yeah. how are we going to manage to um, keep our excitement under control and not disturbing the, the neighbors? You know what, Sharon? Don't disturb the neighbors. Invite them in. Yeah. Come and watch the the race on SBS because it's, that's where you can just do see a mail it. drop, Sharon. Just do a mail drop. Five hundred meter radius mail yeah. drop. Make them realize that we are about and potentially writing history for hundred years more than 100 years of history of Australian cycling yeah, in Europe. Cool. So invite them in. Invite it's, them it in. It is I think pretty that, cool. That's the way to do it. Yeah. Uh, let's have a look at uh, the route tonight because there is, a, of course, one of the big stage tonight. And Maka, it's a little bit bumpy again. It is a little bit bumpy. Uh, uh, Morano Luganare to Sanchorario di Castel Monte, 178 kilometres Category 3, Category 3, Category 1, Category 2. The big climb of the day is in Slovenia, incidentally. Okay. They cross the border into Slovenia momentarily. Uh, that's a 10-kilometre climb at 9.2. 
It's not a huge mountainous day, is it, Gracie? But what's it, what's the key thing is is that it is a mountaintop finish, and that final climb is seven kilometres at seven point eight percent. To me, it is all going to come down to that final climb. Yes, well, I don't know about you, Maka, but in my books, three thousand two hundred metres of climbing is still pretty mountainous. Um, but yeah, I think today is a bit more again for the breakaway. Look to see Vanderpol again in the breakaway. Um, but I think the GC riders, you know, they don't have that many opportunities left to test each other. So I think that there's still going to be a really interesting show, regardless or not of whether the breakaway stays away or not. So still a big GC day. They they'll be really trying to find any chinks in the armor. Um, as I said, I don't know if Carapaz has any, but time will tell. We we've got a couple of days left and. You know, yeah. he's, he's still got Richie Port doing an awesome job for him. But, you know, Jai mm. is staying very cool, calm and collected. And he's got a couple of guys as well. So I think this is going to be a really great couple of stages. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you know what? I'll, I'll, everything you just said, I've, I've been retired way too long. So I've forgotten. I look at that and go, oh, it's not that hard. You're right. 3,000, <laughs> what? 800. Yep. And these are the days actually, as we know, I shouldn't have said that because these are the days that actually can be the the knockout punch yeah, exactly. days. Yeah. Because on paper you think, oh, it's not as hard as a five thousand meter yeah. day that they have had at this race. So it could be the one. Good news, uh, the boss is uh, googling flights to Perth. Oh, good stuff. <laughs> Catherine is on right. Is he's on screen now? So. Mate, look, tell her not to worry. You and I love a road trip. Yeah, let's do the road trip. Gracie, <laughs> one way ticket down to Melbourne. <laughs> Road trip across the Nullarbor, that would be fun. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> then you can really get to know us. <laughs> Before wait. the Tour de France. Uh, what about we, we catch up with Lucas Hamilton? Because there is for yeah. this stage tonight is also one of the, the, the contenders potentially uh, because you know we know what happened to Bike Exchange over the week. So why could it not be the day for Lucas Hamilton? Okay, just uh, three days to go in a Grand Tour, and it's pretty tough at, at any time, but uh, we've got with me Lucas Hamilton, who, um, at the end of the stage yesterday, you ended up having to do a trip to the dentist. Yeah, I've, uh, well, I had crashed out of a race um, about a month before the Giro. Damaged some of the front pearlers, and, uh, yeah, I, it was always going to be a risk that it start playing up mid-race, and it's sort of uh, after the last rest day started to get a bit sore um, and got to a point yeah yesterday where I had to go had to go see the dentist what did they do uh, I won't go into the details I'll say everyone the but yeah it's uh, I, I don't know about most people but I, I thoroughly don't enjoy going to the dentist so it was uh, not a great hour or so but hopefully in the next couple of days it's the pain starts to ease up a bit um, so yeah it's a it's it's never a, never a comfortable thing but it is what it is now, it's going to be painful enough today anyway. We've got uh, the first of two really tough days with mountain finish. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think we've got uh, two pretty solid days coming up. But, uh, yeah, it's sort of when you get to this part of the greeny, you can see the light at the end of the tunnel a bit. So, uh, yeah, I think the boys are, are ready to go and we'll try and uh, go up the road or, or whatever it is. The weather's nice still, nice and hot, so uh, no complaints. How's your plan? Try and get into a break? Yeah, I'll see how I'm feeling. How I'm, ugh, how I'm feeling. Um, the last few days I've been struggling a bit. Um, obviously, the tooth has knocked me around a bit. So, yeah, if, if I feel okay, then uh, for sure I try. Um, but, uh, yeah, we'll just play by ear. Good luck, Lucas. Nice. Cheers. Thank you.
are playing by teeth, not by ear. Of course. Gee, that's pretty brutal. It uh, is. Dentist uh, Gracie, <laughs> three yeah. days to go on a grand tour. That's I feel for Lucas. It's you know I feel for the team a little bit. Look, yeah. they've still had success, but that's pretty tough, isn't it? Yeah, that really sucks. That was actually one of my biggest fears was crashing on my face and ruining my teeth. I don't know. It's just something in my mind that I just hated the thought of. And I actually have to go to the dentist next week. So he's really made that a reminder to me. I'm not trying to not <laughs> think about it. But look, it sounds like that was, you know, a one-off incident and he's had that problem. But for any young cyclist hoping to, you know, have a good season, Get regular dental checks because if something happens with your your molars or anything to do with your teeth while you're overseas, that'll bring your health down so quickly, more than getting a cold or flu or anything. So just look after your teeth. It's uh, it's it's really tough. So I feel for him. That's going to be making him feel pretty crappy. It's uh, really draining. So he's been performing quite well, all things considered. Mm, yeah. Yeah, there, yeah, there's a good comment here from a salty cyclist who actually I think is a dentist from what I, oh. I understand. Uh, but are they allowed anti-inflammatory drugs then? Therefore, how does that work if they had to have drugs to numb the pain? Yeah, I'll, I might ha I'll say a little bit, but I'll handball it to yeah. you, Grace. You might be more onto it than me. That what, whatever's in the regu whatever's legal, the regulation, whatever's legal, they can have. I presume, obviously. Yeah, there's very strong rules for anti-doping, but the regular Panadols and ibuprofens, they're, they're fine to take as long as they're not being too abused. But, you know, they're, they're not allowed to take anything much stronger than that, like the Tramadol that was quite abused in years past. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. a very good point. Uh, thank you for Salty Cyclist slash Dentist. Um, and just on that, a really quick anecdote. The last time we were on the ground for the Vuelta, yes, I had a I had a really bad toothache, Gracie. During it, I got home. No, actually, I got checked there in Spain, and they said root canal. Yeah, so I had to have a root canal when I got Did home. Did you go root? I got on some pretty serious drugs <laughs> but they went during root, the race. Root canal. Root. Uh, root canal. Eh? Root canal. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so he brings back memories for you. Oh yeah, <laughs> terrible. Yeah, and I wasn't racing. <laughs> yeah. uh, so that's the stage tonight. A couple of other things we want to mention. Uh, first of all, Jai Hinley uh, and Luke Plapp are doing really well in Tour of Norway. Oh yeah, I saw that. They've I think he was third overnight in a yep. in a hilltop finish. So that's very yep. good. Uh, and then of course, uh, Gracie, we want to talk about Annex uh, Manley and how the team is doing super well back in Europe again. Yeah, I can't wait to talk about Alex Manley. I'm a big fan of hers. She came into the team oh, maybe five or six years ago. She was super young, 19-year-old, very green, but she's got so much talent and potential. And she was one of my favorite teammates. And she's spent a lot of years on the track and they really had to knuckle down for the Olympics. So she hasn't been on the road for a couple of years now, but she's come back strong this season and she has just gotten two wins out of three stages. And the other win went to her teammate, Georgia Baker. Yeah. So I'm just so happy. They've had, they did actually have a really good spring race season. They didn't get uh, too many results on paper, but Alex Manley has been chipping away and she's actually quite a good climber as well as being quite fast yeah. in the sprint. So she was top 20 at Flanders. She was 12th at Amstel Gold, so she was really showing that she's come a long way. But to see her throw her hands in the air and get to wear a yellow jersey at the Turingen Tour in Germany, it's a really great tour. It's not world tour, but it used to be a very popular tour back in the day. 
I know when I was racing, a lot of pro teams loved going. It was a really well-organized race, tough courses. Um, but now that we've got so many world tour races, a lot of teams don't go anymore, mm -hmm. but still some good teams there. And I'm sure that the, the courses are just as hard as they used to be. So this is a really great result for her and the team. And, yep. and just a question, Gracie, on, on Alex and Georgia as well. Um, you know, as you said, they've, they've both come off the track endurance program, Olympic games. That's the big goal. Would you love to see them both now sort of switch quasi permanently and put a real focus on the road with the women's tour de France, as we've keep promoting it this year, you know, the, the women's side of the sport is going in, in a, in a great direction and it's a great opportunity, I think for both of them. Personally, I would love to see them just stay with the road, but it's the, the Olympic cycle is one year shorter. So it is tempting for them to get lured back for a medal, you know, like they have that monkey on their back that they haven't been able to get that gold medal the last two Olympic rounds. So I think that they are seriously thinking about, you know, what their futures are on the track or the road. But, you know, there's some good money in women's cycling now. They've got the talent to, you know, be at the top of their game. And I think that they would get a lot more out of just being road cyclists. But, you know, an Olympic medal has that that draw for so many athletes. So I don't know. I think they're, they're going to still manage both for a little while to come. Yeah, yeah cool. Yeah, shall let's we, hope we see shall more we listen to her? Oh yeah, we yeah. better. You yes. forgot? <laughs> I forgot. Yes, please. We're talking. We're talking about. Let her, <laughs> shall we let her speak? Yes. <laughs> That's Alex Manley. I'm just stoked to win it for the girls. It's a strange feeling for me to be in the yellow and for people to always working for me and them all committing 100%. So I really want to like finish it off. So I'm just so happy that I can because yeah, it's the girls doing all the work out there. I'm just finishing it off. Did you know that uh, you had the same time in the GC uh, because of the bonus seconds? The sprint was deciding it. Yeah, I knew that, but I was pretty confident that the finish, I might be able to get a few more seconds on her there. So I made sure I was in some of the sprints, but I wasn't too concerned. So now you're still in yellow. You still haven't been beaten in the GC. Do you want to keep it until the end? I would like to. That would be great. But yeah, three more stages to go and every day is, is nice and I'll just enjoy it while I can. That was Alex Manley uh, back uh, back in Europe here. Uh, I think that's pretty much it for today. Uh, so there's a, the stage, of course, tonight. Yes. So once again, big one. Mountaintop finish. First of two to round out as we head into the weekend. 8 p.m. on demand, peeps. I believe yeah. that'll be from the start, from the flag drop. 11 p.m. on the main channel. SBS, of course. WA, I don't need to tell you. You will be all over it. It's going to be a big night and it's it's going to be a big weekend. Yeah, big just make days. some noise. Make some noise. Yeah. Make, make your neighbor aware. You know, your neighbor that are watching a, maybe a commercial network that doesn't really give a big highlight to cycling, then let us know. Let them know. Let them know that cycling is the sport. And this is where Australia is today on the verge of winning something very, very, very big. Thank you, Gracie, for uh, joining us today. And I'm sure we, uh, we'll see you tomorrow in the podcast again. Yep. Gracie Mille and I'll see you tomorrow. See you tomorrow. Thank you, Gracie. See you tomorrow, Gracie. This was the uh, Zwift SBS Cycling uh, podcast. Before we go, let me uh, remind you that you can uh, download, stream, or subscribe to our podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash sport, or log a ride with our friends at Zwift. Uh, joining me uh, tomorrow will be yep. yourself I and will. Gracie yes. as well. Uh, and <laughs> We're at the who, end of the show. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but who, who is in the commentary box tonight? It is, I believe it is, uh, the fabulous Simon Gerrans, Mark Renshaw, and of course, the anchor, Maddie Keenan. Absolutely.
See you then. Before we go, a quick word from our sponsor, Zwift. When it comes to sport, I always tell my kids, rule number one, have fun. On Zwift, fun is fast. Tour de France winner Garant Thomas uses it. So too does Matthew van der Poel. And Australia's Neve Bradbury Zwifted her way to a world tour contract. One of my favourite things on Zwift is seeing the flags of people from all around the globe that I get the chance to ride with. I love the structured workouts, doing meet-up rides with friends, and when I'm feeling strong, doing a few races. They definitely hurt, but they are fun. It's easy to get started. All you need is a bike, trainer, and the Zwift app. Visit Zwift.com, and hopefully I'll see you on there soon. Ride on.